Amen. I 
Come on. And doctor, no less. <laughs> Believing in the virgin birth. Yeah. I don't know if you're getting this or not. <laughs> yes, sir. But I have an idea if uh, you told some doctor that there was going to be, that there was a virgin birth, <laughs> they would probably look at you like you were crazy. Right. Yeah. Here was a man that would have the best education of his day and a profession that would have denied that belief right. at any cost. That's right. Yeah. And yet here's a man that had enough faith to not care what anybody said or thought. He knew what he had seen, what he had heard, what he had felt, what had happened in his heart, what had happened in his life, and he was not going to let anybody talk him out of it. No matter what education might say, no matter what his profession might say, yeah. he still believed in the virgin birth of Jesus yeah. Christ that the Holy Ghost could overshadow a virgin young woman and God Almighty plant a seed in her that's the seed of God Amen. and yeah. baby be born yeah. that we've been celebrating yeah. for centuries yeah. and even millenniums. And this medical doctor said it's the way it is. Yeah. He even describes it in great detail. In Luke chapter 2. It was a man that believed in the virgin birth even though he was a physician. It was a man that believed in divine healing yeah. even though he was a doctor. Come on. I challenge you to find me a medical doctor and would have the faith to believe that God is the one that does the healing. Yeah. I'm not saying there's not one. Sure. I'm sure there are some. But I'm saying the thing that gives Dr. Luke a special credential to put down what he's going to put down in the gospel according to Luke is his education and his occupation, but his faith in God and his faith in the Lord yeah. Jesus Christ. And he knew what, had, what he had seen happen with his own eyes. He had no problem writing it down saying, this is what I've seen. Amen. I've seen the lame walk. I've heard the dove speak. I've seen the leper heal. And it was not with medicine. It was with the power of God. Yeah, amen. I'd say that'd be pretty unusual nowadays. Yeah. I'd say that would be pretty unusual in Dr. Luke's day yeah. as well. Yeah. He probably took a lot of heat. Maybe that's why he went with the Apostle Paul. Maybe his practice got shut down because everybody thought he was a quack. <laughs> huh? He had enough faith to believe in divine healing. Yet he also believed that doctors had some education and some skill sets to help people medically. Yeah. He didn't just go around praying for divine healing. He's taking care of the Apostle Paul. Making sure when he crawls out from under a rock pile, yeah. he's got some antibiotic ointment put on all the scrapes and amen, the cuts and the bruises, and he's got some bandages where they need to be. Yeah. Here's a man that believed in divine healing, but he didn't become an idiot. Man. Yeah. Amen. 
You know, there's kind of a balance there. Yep. Do we believe God can yep. heal? Absolutely. Do we believe He has healed people? Absolutely we believe that. But you know what else we believe? We believe God gave us doctors. They need to get sick. You might want to go to the doctor. Scriptures. 
a doctor who believes in prayer more than he believes in his practice. But he believes in his practice. What a great balance that is. He also, as a medical doctor, believed there was a hell. For in Luke chapter 16, he describes it quite vividly. Here's a medical doctor that said this rich man died and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Being in torments. He believed hell was more than a place of separation. He believed it was a place of torment. He believed it was a place of fire. He believed it was a place of suffering. He did believe it was a place of separation from family and from God and from everything else that you've known in this world. That's why, by the way, if we heard in Sunday school, you ought to be living life. Amen. You'll be separated from one of these days. You got one trip going through this deal. You might as well just, amen, live for God and enjoy doing it. That's right. Unusual in his perspective. But he said there in verse number one, those things which are most surely believed among us. Luke said, look, I'm not just giving you my personal opinion here. He said, I'm telling you what we believe around here. We not only believe it, we surely, we surely believe it. Amen. We live for this. We love this. We'll we'll face danger and peril because of what we love doing. And that's getting this gospel to somebody else. Amen. It was unusual in his perspective and in his power. His mind was made up most surely believe. That's right. Most surely believe. Have you ever tried to change the doctor's mind? No. <laughs> Anybody ever try that? The doctor says, here's what you need to do, and you start telling them why you don't think that's a good idea. Have you ever tried to change the doctor's mind? You know that's usually pretty well made up. <laughs> huh? They most surely believe what they believe. Yeah. And once you turn 65, they believe you need to come see them two, three, four, five times a year. That's right. Because that's their payday. That's right. That usually they most surely believe what they believe. You start talking, well, you know, I've been taking vitamin C and I've been taking D3 and, well, you know, there's really no proof that any of that works. They most surely believe what they believe. Right. And they all want you to think that something as simple as a supplement or a vitamin is going to protect you from anything. Mm-hmm. You need to come see them. Here was a doctor that most surely believed the these other things I was talking come about. On. The virgin birth, divine healing, his own doctor's abilities, and yet with faith that believed in a bodily resurrection and ascension and a prayer life that was the most important thing even in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man. If there was ever anybody that didn't need to pray, I'd say it Jesus. But he left a great example, amen, that he wouldn't do it in his own power even though he had the power. Amen. If we had the power, we'd be using it. Amen. He had the power and he depended on God's power, his Father. Instead of his own. So he illustrated and exemplified a prayer life that we should all follow. He had his mind made up. He had his heart settled. 
He willingly, cheerfully gave up a chance of fame, fortune, practice, whatever he wanted. Yeah. He had his heart settled on living his life for the glory of God. Amen. I wonder if you've ever got your heart settled about that. Amen. What's really important to you? Hmm. His doubts and fears were long gone because he said, which are most surely believed among us. Yeah. Not only did the doctor believe it, Paul believed it, Timothy believed it, Titus believed it, Silas believed it, and they would face any danger to just get the gospel to one more town, one more city, one more sinner, one more struggling soul. That's a good preaching. Face because they most surely believed what they did. The doubts and fears were all gone. Now we're still trying to get that orphanage in Nigeria going. But Nigeria has the borders closed to uh, Americans. So we're still just making preparations so when we do get there, we can try to get something done. Amen. I'm sure that the Lord has us on hold because we were not ready. Right. That may be the whole reason for this whole COVID deal. Cheyenne Baptist Church is not ready for this Nigerian deal, so we're going to send this Chinese virus into the whole world so that they'll have to wait. <laughs> is the Lord good? Yeah. Amen. Because he knew if we could have made it happen, we'd have made it happen whether we was ready or not. Yeah. Right, ready or not, here we come. Yeah. Okay, boom, you're not coming. Reach. Amen, Lord. Yeah. Well, by now, amen, we could already have 10 people over there with their heads cut off <laughs> by terrorists. Yeah. Right. Huh? Yeah. yeah. God knew all that, so he just said, yeah, I, I'm just going to, here's a little vial here, I'm going to. It's going to get spilled, and we're going to spread this all over the world. Because I need to help change acres. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying it could be. That's yes, right. My point is, Dr. Luke had all his fears and doubts settled that God knew exactly what he was doing and doing it the way it ought to be done. And his belief was structured by what his faith taught him to believe. Thank you. Don't get ahead of God. Wait on the Lord. Verse 2. Even as they delivered them unto us, these things that were sure to believe, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Luke was a man that sat under some men, not only to get his education as a doctor, but to get his education in the ministry. Yeah. Two totally different things, and yet each require some knowledge and some wisdom how to use that knowledge. Unfortunately, we live in a day and time that most people believe that anybody can be a preacher. You don't need any education to be a preacher. And you don't. 
You don't mind being a dumb preacher. <laughs> but if you want to be a smart preacher, you might want to get a good education. Did you know somebody at sooner or later is going to need somebody smart giving them some counsel? Yeah, you're right, preacher. Okay, I, that kind of went over <laughs> weak. But uh, I'm just telling you. You're right. I've heard some of the craziest advice given by pastors. I'm not even going to give you any illustrations, so some of them are too close to home. But. And he said there in verse 1, I'm going to take it in hand to set forth in order. Doctors like things detailed, orderly. Specific. And your liver numbers are a little out of range, and blah, 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 blah. You know, what's a liver number? I didn't know my liver had numbers. <laughs> so we're going to take this x ray and we're going we're to see what's going on with your liver. And in the course of my liver x ray, they found fluid on my lungs. And now they, they forgot about the liver, and now they're treating the fluid on the lungs. <laughs> I still don't know what's going on with the liver. But they got all these details and all these numbers. And Dr. Luke here was educated and trained that way. And he said, you know, I'm not throwing any stones, but some of these guys are kind of haphazard about how they're putting all this stuff down. Yeah. And I'd like to have one account where it's just set in order. The declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. Man. He wanted to make sure we had every detail that we needed coming from those who were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. I'm glad, amen, Dr. Luke was so determined amen. to get it right. Me too. We should have the same burden when it comes to soul winning. Yes, sir. We should not be careless. That's right. We should not be haphazard. We should be very detailed and very careful and get it right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Not one, two, three, repeat after me. Yeah. Not 500 people bow your head, trust Jesus, and then go down the road. Yeah. I'm talking about we need to get it right. Man. Yes, sir. Dr. Luke wanted to get it right. And because of his faith, he believed it ought to be done right so somebody else could have a faith that was like his. Yeah. He said, I know what others have said, I know what others have written, but I feel burdened and constrained to write with my own hand an orderly account of these things that we saw and we experienced. We saw through the faithful testimonies of our witnesses. And we saw through our own eyes these marvelous works of God. Yeah. And the miraculous way that people have been helped. Ah, oh, church, what an opportunity we have to be yes. a help. Yes, we are living in a gold yes. mine of yes. opportunity in these days. Oh, is that so bad? The political situation mm. of the Antifa and the politics and the COVID and the oil prices. Oh, this is such a terrible time. I say, 
know this is a marvelous time of opportunity. Yes, Amen. Right. Yeah. People are more open Amen. to the gospel yes. than ever before in my life. Amen. Yes, it's a lot of craziness. But our job's still the same. Haven't changed one bit. We just have to do it from six feet away. You still talk to people from six feet away. You still give them the gospel from six feet away. Don't quit witnessing just because of social distancing. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Just lift up your voice a little bit. Hey, get the sea up there. You still talk to them. Maybe somebody else will hear. Now, you know, to be honest with you, I'm a big fan of social distancing. <laughs> I've always been uncomfortable when people are talking to me and I can feel their breath on my face. It's <laughs> always made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I've always, I go to a fellowship, I go to the end of the table somewhere where nobody's sitting. Now it won't be long, other people will come sit around there. But that's, that's my choice. If I'm having a choice, I'll go down there at the end of the table and sit by myself so I don't so that they're not spitting in my food while they're talking to me. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I'm a fan of social distancing. Amen. I believe in it. Amen. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. If you come up to me and you start talking and I start backing up, don't come closer. <laughs> Man. I'm talking to some of you. I can't get away from you. Uh, I'm trying to be discreet. Well, then let's go into a room. You don't want somebody else to hear what you got to say. Let's go in a room. Just me and you. I'll get on this side. You get on that side. You tell me whatever you want to tell me. I don't want you breathing in my face and spitting in my food. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Ministers of the Word. In other words, they not only had a Bible, they were doing something with it. Amen. Everybody in here probably got one. Yep. But what are you doing with it? Come on. In March of 1971, Young man came to my college dormitory room, Texas A&M University, with an American Standard version. Started teaching me what he believed was the Bible. And God got a hold of me, and I got into conviction, and I got born again. Man. I've had people tell me since then, you didn't really get saved because it's my incorruptible seed. Baloney. <laughs> That's how many people are in the yeah. King James Bible camp. Yeah, yeah. That's how many they are. I got born again. Yeah. yeah. Got with a, a new American Standard Version. But just to give you a loophole in case you're one of those radical fanatics, I did grow up in a church that didn't use anything but the King James Bible. Rock Bluff Baptist Church, it's in their bylaws. It's the only Bible that could be taught from or preached from the pulpit in that church and they put that in there before the RSV and the ASV ever came out. Yeah. 
Now, how did they know that was going to be an issue? Yeah. And then the Holy Ghost told them. Because mm -hmm. yeah. it wasn't an issue when they founded the church mm -hmm. in the 1870s. It wasn't until the 80s that they started coming out of the new Bibles. So I'm pretty sure there was some incorruptible seed down in my little heart from a little boy being in Sunday school class for 18 years. Yeah. And you've been preaching for 18 years. But I needed somebody to come by when my life was a wreck. And even though he didn't have the right Bible, he had a burden for souls. Yeah. My point is this. I'm not throwing stones at King James Bible people other than to say a lot of people carry King James Bible they're not after any souls. Right, preacher. Yeah. But they sure can't criticize people for having the wrong Bible. Yeah. Yep. You're going to be right about the Bible. Why don't you get right about the souls? Man. That's what Dr. Luke's doing. He's going to leave his practice, follow the Apostle Paul, take care of him, teach Sunday school, preach if needed, whatever needs to be done. He's ready to do yeah. Ministers of the Word Man. serving the Lord together. They did something with it. And Luke said, now I'm going to do something. I'm going to write this stuff down so that one of these days somebody else will have an accurate account of what we saw and what we heard and what we did. And then finally, I see his burden. I see his belief was unique. It's unusual in power. I see his behavior, what he left, where he went, what he did, how he served, but I also see in this verse his burden. It seemed good to me, verse 3, also having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, Actually, in particular, writing all this down for one guy. That's his real burden. I'm going to write this book about what I've seen and heard and experienced because I believe God might use it to reach this man, Theophilus. Verse 4, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. I want you to have confidence in the way it really was. And so his burden is, I want to reach this one man, not realizing he was going to reach millions yes. for 2,000 years. Yes. By putting something in the printed page, Brother Tallulah. A burden to get it right and a burden to get it out there. And he did far more than whatever happened with Theophilus. Dr. Luke accomplished far more than that. And I believe the moral of that story is if you'll minister to others the word of God, you'll do more good than you'll ever see Thank you. in your lifetime. So God has given Luke some things that Dr. Luke wants us to know. What did he give him? 
He gave him insight on God's gift to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This man left his education, his practice, his life, if you will. Yeah. Possibly even his family. Yeah. To do the work of God. Man. Why? Because he believed God had a gift for the whole world. Man. That gift was his son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest gift that anybody could ever have is available to whosoever will. That gift is available to you here right now, this morning. The gift of Jesus Christ is available to you. If you will just call on his name, he will save your soul. It's the greatest gift that's ever been given to mankind. The gift of Jesus where would we all be today if he hadn't come into our life? Hell. Yeah, right. What a miracle that we're even gathered together Amen. here today. Not only God's gift to the world in Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ's gift to every individual. I am crucified with Christ, Paul said, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but what? Christ, Christ liveth in me. There's the gift to every individual that will receive that gift, Christ in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What is the greatest gift an individual can have? Jesus Christ in me. Amen. Don't miss that. What do you want for Christmas? If you don't have Jesus, that ought to be first on your list. Jesus Christ is the greatest gift to the individual. God's gift to the individual. I told you his gift to the world is his son. His gift to the individual in John 17 verse 6. Jesus said thou gavest them me. What a gift. God gave me personally his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thou gavest them me. Well, we would have had a whole sermon on that right there, that phrase. Jesus Christ give to the individual. John 14, verse John 17, verse 14, I have given them thy word. There's the greatest gift Jesus Christ can give to man. Yeah. Is the word being real and alive yes. and accurate and life-changing and soul-saving and faith-building. That's Jesus Christ's gift to the individual. And then there's God's gift to Jesus. 
John 17, verse number 24. Let me read that one so I don't mess it up. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Man. You know Calvinist likes that phrase before the foundation of the world? But can I remind you here what the context of it is in this verse? It's about God loving Jesus. Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, most of the other times that that phrase is used in the Bible, it'll say from the foundation of the world, not before the foundation of the world. But if he's talking about God loving his son, Jesus Christ, that's before the foundation of the world. Yeah. Just throw that out there. What is it that God's gift to Jesus is me. God said in March 1971 he said here son, got a gift for you. This sinner that's lost on his way to hell life messed up heading to be even worse messed up he don't know it yet and I I just want you to know, here's my gift to you, son. The sinner's soul. Yeah. I didn't do to you what it did to me. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. What is it that was so good about that? It was glorious. Amen. It was a glorious gift that a lost, hell-bound sinner could be a priceless gift to the Son of God. Amen. We shall forever enjoy that gift. So Luke said, I've been given some things, and I want to give them to you. I want to pass them on, if you will, and I want to put it down in order so that you'll have it right, and you can enjoy these greatest gifts, these priceless gifts, these free gifts yeah. to whosoever will. These eternal gifts yeah. that last forever. And this are the, these are the only gifts in life that really matter. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Luke, the physician, wanted you to know how important these things are. And that you clearly understand them and that you will most surely believe them. Among us. So he presents Jesus Christ as the Son of Man so that you know, yes, he's God, but he's more than God. He's a man. And these things he did, he didn't do them as God, he did them as a man. So that you'd be able to identify with Jesus Christ's humanity where you would not be able to identify with his deity. He puts it down, he puts it in order. Puts it by faith. And he doesn't rely on his medical training. He relies on his faith in the word of God. What are you relying on to get you to have? Hmm? Church membership? Baptism? Parents who were saved? Sunday school you attended? I got a pen. 50 years 
without missing a day. I tell you what, you better depend on what the physician says was important. That's faith. In the Word of God, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Faith in Jesus Christ. Don't miss him. Father, I pray you bless the message this morning, and I pray you'd save that sinner that thinks they've got it all figured out when really they just are seeing what they want to see. And I pray you'd clear it up for them today. Help them see from Dr. Luke's perspective, Lord, how things really are. Save that lost sinner today. Encourage that Christian, Heavenly Father, who may have been struggling as a soul winner due to this COVID, or maybe, maybe their own sins, they can't get past them because they've forgotten from the Word of God that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sin. And I pray you'd encourage them and strengthen them and help them today. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with us, please? What number, brother here? Hymn number 306 in your soul starting.